The universe is infinite, and it's made out of space, and it's made out of time. There's astronomical reasons for how we account for time, or mathematical reasons, except for the seven-day week. There is no astronomical or mathematical reason for a seven-day week. But the ancient practice of counting a week at seven days withstood the test of time. And in particular, the Jewish practice of marking a Sabbath once a week and finishing that Sabbath and declaring a new week through the practice of Havdalah says something big about the human body in the universe. You are listening to Space Midrash. This is episode eight, titled... Habdallah, human sense in time and space. In this episode, we're going to cover how Habdallah makes human time frames valuable within this context that is the greater universe. My name is Jacob Sager. I'm a recovering English major who thrice started the path to being a rabbi, but found myself elsewhere. While I'm unconvinced of the divine origin of human rituals, as someone who was bar mitzvahed in the year 2001, I believe that the thousands of years of cultural development that is Jewish civilization has created something more meaningful than we can understand. And I think that in particular, the practice of Havdalah is a tool to calibrate time and space from and for the human perspective. Usually this show is more historical or cultural, but this episode will touch on the religious and the spiritual to articulate Havdalah as a meaningful human ritual anywhere in the universe. This is Space Midrash, episode 8, titled Habdallah, Human Sense in Time and Space. What is Habdallah? Habdallah is a ritual which takes place on Saturday night. Once one can see three stars from where they are, then you can begin this ritual. You light a candle and you make a blessing over the wine and you make a blessing over the spices and smell them. And you make a blessing over the fire. And you, you use the light to look at one's hands. And then you make a blessing over God, distinguishing the sacred from the profane, the holy from what is undistinguished. And then you dis- extinguish the fire into the wine and listen to it sizzle. A multi-sensory experience. One of taste, one of smell, one of sight, one of feeling, and one of listening. But really importantly, it is one touching into the sense of time. And it begins by looking out for the furthest thing. You don't look for anything on planet Earth. You don't even just look to see if it's dark. You look to see what's there. It's similar in a way to how once the candle is lit, you're looking at your hands in the darkness. Fire has a functional purpose here as a mitzvah to provide light, illumination. Fire is the most basic invention. Naturally, it does exist. The, the sun is a big ball of fire. Fire is one of the most primitive things that was harnessed by humanity to become humanity, to separate us from the animals. The Havdalah candle exists for itself. It exists really for light. And you are to be in the darkness and to see your fingers against that darkness illuminated by the light. Because the universe is mostly dark. And wherever there is light, then we can come into our senses. It's like, we finally exist.
The seven day week, as I touched on before, isn't natural. It came from ancient Assyria, and the Jewish people turned it into a weekly holiday. Shabbat and Havdalah are more intellectual existential distinctions than an actual natural occurrence or something that is mathematically derived from natural occurrences. Havdalah helps us assert our senses as a natural part of the universe, that our observation and senses of the natural universe is how we know we exist and that the universe exists. Our marking of time is what entwines our lives to that existence and is what makes us human and what makes us have history and what makes us have full lives. It's real and it's made up. The real experience of being a creature somewhere experiencing light or darkness and making a measurement or declaration of what that means. That's what we're doing by tracking time. And it's real and it does really exist because we say so. If you're deep in space, so you're not actually on another planet, so you don't have another atmosphere to give you sky, you'll see stars all the time. So when can you do Havdal? You're always easy to see three stars, I would assume. Or if you're on Mars, Mars has a different day. It is not 24 hours. Mars has a different year, and it has, I don't know if a seven-day week fits the right way with the astronauts who have asked rabbis about keeping Shabbat in outer space. The advice was to keep time based off of where you lived or where you launched from. But what if you're no longer going back to Florida? What if you're no longer going back? So the relative place for your Havdalah is where you are in the universe. And so you look up from the Martian sky, maybe you see three stars earlier, maybe you see them later. Maybe that amount of time that equals seven days or whatever concession you make to keep your sanity as being an Earth-born person is relative. But that doesn't mean it's wrong or that another system is wrong. And it doesn't mean that there's a problem here. It means that wherever you are in the universe and you're a human sensing being you have the power to declare what time it is havdalah is the end of shabbat shabbat being this weekly holiday to abstain from work the universe is in perpetual shabbat nothing is working it's just happening it just is as far as we know the only things that are working and need to abstain from work is humans and human civilization it's interesting to bind oneself in these rituals, that they make our size and our life meaningful. You're looking out for stars, going as far as you can. You're smelling. You're going deeply inward. You're pulling your senses into your body. The universe is vast, and some could say it's unforgiving or chaotic or ultimately or inherently meaningless. But what's meaningful is being a human and knowing you exist and marking time. That's what gives you a place in the universe. And now it's what will grow your place in the universe. I've been thinking on this for a while and I wanted to share these ideas. I don't normally get religious or too spiritual on this show. I try to stay philosophical. But I think there's something here, something beautiful, something meaningful, something fun even. I love Havdalah. I encourage anyone listening to find other people you can do it with. 
There are many beautiful tunes, and there's so much beautiful uh, Judaica-like objects to go to support you in your process of doing Havdalah. This has been Space Midrash Episode 8, Havdalah. Thank you so much for listening. In this episode, we talked about Havdalah. If you want to learn more, please visit the episode page, spacemidrash.com slash 8. E-I-G-H-T, spacemidrash.com slash 8. If you're enjoying Space Midrash, I want to say thank you, and I want to make two quick requests. First, go to facebook.com slash spacemidrash and like our page and share our posts. Secondly, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and give us a review. Give us a review. That would help more people find our show and help raise our rankings amongst both space shows and Judaism shows. I'm Jacob Sager. I believe in an ethical, artful, and inclusive humanity thriving amongst the cosmos. But we'll only become those people if we can tell the story that inspires us to become those people. The space age is on, and there is a place for you and for me. Shalom. Space Midrash was written by me, Jacob Sager. Recorded in Austin, Texas, and produced by Brand New Colors.